You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramat Pesham Mishra 5782, 2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha Tzav. I'd like to share with you a beautiful thought from the Medrash, speaking about the Zvachim, speaking about the Karbonas, the sacrifices that we bring, speaking about them in terms of Zivche Lekim Ruach Nishbara, which means that the sacrifices of Hashem, what is the true sacrifice? It's a broken spirit. It's a sense of humility. It's a sense of brokenness. And let's see together the, the Medrash, which, as the Mephoshim explain, come, comes to explain the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Tzav is Yisrael. Zeis ha this is the oila, which means the, the completely burnt offering. He ha The Pasuk says, he ha which literally means it is the completely burnt sacrifice. And the question is, what does it mean? Why does it repeat this language? So to explain this, the Medrash gives us a very beautiful idea. Zavdi ben Levi, Rabbi Yaisi ben Tartus, Rabban. We have three opinions as to what is the explanation of this verse. Chad Amar. So if you look at the verses inside, it's Kedai to see, it's worth seeing, in Tehillim, in Psalms chapter 51, verses 19, through the end of the parak, it speaks about the fact that Hashem wants the brokenness, Hashem wants us to come to Him contrite. We've done something wrong. We're bringing sacrifices in order to atone for our sins. And by doing so, so the verses continue and speak about the fact that the base Hamigdash is to be rebuilt, the temple is to be built. Let's see what the measure says. One explains as follows, that the verse is speaking about King David. King David says in front of Hashem, I overcame Yitzhahara. David did something wrong. He sinned, whatever the context is, and, you know, a person does something wrong, they don't want to admit that they've done something wrong. But King David admits that he's done something wrong. He overcomes his Yitzhahara, his, his, his uh, negative inclination. So why does it connect the idea of broken spirit to the building of the temple, which is what the verses say in the continuation? Because King David was saying that if you accept my tshuva, if you accept my brokenness, my admission that I've done something wrong, I know that the what is the result of that? The result of admission, the result of an awareness of having done wrong, admitting I've done wrong, being ready to change my ways, the result is that his son, he knew that his son Shlomo would be the one who was going to build the Holy Temple. He's going to build the altar, he's going to bring the sacrifices that are commanded in the Torah. Like we see this reference to a broken spirit. Another explanation of these verses is as follows. How do we know that if a person, that any person, it's not specifically per se speaking about King David, but any person who's done something wrong, but he does tshuva, he recognizes that he's done something wrong, he regrets it, he, he accepts upon himself to change. How do we know that such a person who has done this, it's as if he's built the temple, he's built the altar, and it's as if he's brought a sacrifice upon the altar. So it's not only referring to King David, although it is, of course, because it was David HaMelech speaking, but it's really an example for all of us, that each and every one of us can be assured that when we do such a thing, when we 
do tshuva, we do something wrong, but we regret our actions, we repent, so the result is that it's as if Hashem considers it as if we have come and built a temple, we've brought sacrifices. Rabbanan Amri, Rabbanan say, the third explanation of this verse, Minayin la'oyver lefnei ha'teva, Shitzarch lahazkir avoyda v'karbanis v'loshuach. How do we know? Every day we pray, three times a day, we say the Amidah prayer, we get to Ritzei Hashem lokeinu v'amcho Yisrael v'svilasam. We speak about that Hashem should bring back the temple. And then, what do we do? We bow down. We bow down. We say, thank you, God. So how do you know that this is what we do, that, that this is the order? That we mention the Avoidah, we mention the fact that God should accept our service in the temple and bring back the carbonus of sacrifices, and then we bow down. Like we see, with, which is what we do, and we say Ritzei, and we, we say V'sechazena, mashma, For those who want to explain from this very verse, it says, which means there's a broken spirit. When a person bows, so the person shows his hachna, he shows his humility, his subservience. So when can a person ask that Hashem will bring the temple back, will bring back the avoid of the service, the korbanas, the sacrifices, if they show subservience, those two things come together. And when we recognize the great things that Hashem does. Right, a good example of this, we just celebrated Purim. Some people today are still celebrating in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem. So, uh, we say Alanisim. Where do we say? We say in Maidim, right? What is Alanisim? It's a recognition of the miracles that Hashem has performed for us. There's a recognition when I say, when I say thank you. So I'm bowing my head. I'm showing my subservience to the one who has provided me with some good. What is the aftermath or the positive thing that comes out of the story of the Megillah? Esther HaMalka, she has a child with Achashverosh, and that child is Daryovish, Darius. And he's the one who allows the building of the temple. So the result of us saying thank you, the result of this recognition, right? Mordechai HaYehudi is called the, the one who, Yehuda is a Milash and of thanks. Mordechai is the one who shows thanks and recognition from whom all the blessings arrive, and therefore the result is redemption. The result is a return to the Beis Hamikdash, to the Temple. Rabbi Bar Yudin says, "Beautiful idea that whatever we find that Hashem says that I don't want this type of animal for a sacrifice, but Hashem does want that type of thing in the human being." Let's see. If you want to bring a sacrifice, you cannot bring the sacrifice from an animal which is blind, which is bro- which has a broken limb, which has other kinds of blemishes. Even though a broken animal, physically broken, is not acceptable as a korban, but a human being who breaks himself, who makes himself subservient, that is the most acceptable, the most beautiful Sacrifice that a person can make. Amar Rabbi Alexandri, Rabbi Alexandri says to us, If a regular person uses a broken kli, a broken vessel, so it's negative. What is the very vessel which with which Hashem uses? That Hashem uses. We bring a few different sukkim, a few verses in line, in, in the vein of this verse that we quoted. God is close to those who are broken hearted. 
God heals those who have a broken heart. The one who is broken, who is lowly of spirit, and the sacrifice of Hashem is the one who has a broken heart. Lev Nishbar, says the Medrash, what is the concept of the Lev Nishbar? And we're going to get back, you have to remember there was a question at the beginning, what is this Oilohi? Why does it say, it is an Oilo, which is an extra language? So here we come to the explanation of that. He says a mashal, he says an analogy to a king who is going in the wilderness. And his beloved one comes. So, obviously in the wilderness there's not very much. There's not very much. But a friend of the king, as the king was going, he didn't have anything. So, the friend came and he gave him a basket full of te'enim, am I right, it's te'enim, yes, of figs, and one barrel of wine. Now that's not very much, certainly not very much for a king. A king has as much as he wants, he has a very plentiful amount of supplies. But he didn't have anything there and his friend came and gave him that. Amar So the king said, that's all you brought me? Only brought me a small amount? It's a very small amount. Amar Adoni HaMelech. So this friend of the king says, My master the king, This is what I have for now. But don't worry. When you come to your palace, You will see how much I will honor you. I will give you so much more when you come home. Hashem tells us, you know, we are in a spiritual wilderness. It's called the world. It's called Olam Hazeh. This world that we currently inhabit, Hashem says to us, bring an oila. Only one is a small sacrifice. A small sacrifice. He oila, but but is that all that you're going to give me? Right. So the language of the pasuk is doubled. It says, bring me an oila. Is that the oila? He oila. Where we're reading it, the Medrash is understanding it as a question that God is saying to us, is that all that you're going to bring me? Even though I'm asking for a small amount. Obviously, I'm in a place we only have a small amount to offer. So the Jewish people say in front of Hashem, This is a small amount indeed. That's how much we're bringing at this time, at the current time. And here we come back to the verses in the end of Tehillim, Nun Aleph, at the end of the 51st chapter of the Psalms. So when you do good, when you bring back your, your divine presence to Jerusalem, to Zion, to Zion, and you rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, then you will desire the many, many sacrifices, the many, many offerings that we bring, which are, which are complete. And the idea behind this medrash is incredible, it's so deep and so important. You know, we think about the story of Purim, and we think about what the medrash is saying here, and we learn an awesome thing. You know, there's something in the, in the Purim story which bothers me. We read about Mordechai HaTzadik, and we have this incredible salvation. We have this awesome, you know, Hashem saves the Jewish people. Mordechai hears the, the, these two people plotting to kill Achashverosh. Haman wants to hang him up, but instead Hashem, uh, you know, Achashverosh, Hashem directs Achashverosh to ask him about how to show honor to the one who saved his, his life, which was Mordechai. Haman ends up hanging on the very gallows that he built for Mordechai. But the fundamental question is, 
you know, it's very nice. It's unbelievable that Esther came in. She was inside of the palace in order to save the Jewish people. But, you know, if Vashti hadn't died, and if Esther hadn't come in, Mordechai wouldn't have been sitting in the Shara Melech, in the entrance of the king. And if Mordechai wasn't sitting in the Shara Melech, Haman wouldn't have gotten angry at the Jewish people. He wouldn't have wanted to destroy them. So the whole story begins because of the fact. In other words, you have the whole problem is created by the very ones who solve the problem. So what is the understanding of this story? It's very difficult to understand. But you see there's a, an incredible message in the story of Purim. And it's also the message of this Medrash. And that is that it's the very problem, it's the very problem itself, which is necessary in order to bring, to bring about a salvation, because really the truth is that the Jewish people were in a very lowly state. They were in a very low place spiritually. They had eaten from the Suda Vachashverish. They thought that they were rejected by Hashem. They were not yet ready for salvation. They weren't yet ready to be brought back to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel. They were not yet ready to have the Beis Hamikdash rebuilt. They had to have something that would shake them up. We look at our challenges and we think, why is God doing this to me? Wouldn't it be better not to have the challenge, not to have difficulty and not to be saved? Just I want to live a quiet life. But Hashem shakes us up. Hashem shakes up our lives. Hashem gives us challenges. Hashem gives us problems. Hashem puts us in a situation which will create a challenge, which will create a problem in order for the very problem itself to be resolved and in order for us to end up on a higher level, a greater and deeper level than we were before. Now the king is going in the Medrash. The king is going in a wilderness. He's going in a place where there's nothing for him to eat. And he says, and, and he says to this, this friend of his, you only gave me a small amount. But the idea is that the very wilderness itself, Hashem, as it were, is going with us in this dark place, in this wilderness. And we have to offer Him whatever we have. Hashem likes broken things. As the Medrash says, Hashem wants broken things. What is the idea? Because that's really all that we have. What do we have to offer Hashem? Do we have a great amount of uh, accomplishments? Do we have a great amount of spirituality? Do we have a great amount of connectedness to Hashem to offer Him, as it were? We don't have that much, but what we can offer is a small thing, which is a great thing. At least we can offer Him our contriteness, our recognition of our brokenness, our recognition we've done stuff wrong. What does that mean? We're bringing a carbon here because we've done stuff wrong. We want, it, we want an atonement. What we're saying is we're in this darkness, we're in this wilderness, but at least I can offer you a small thing, a small carbon a small sacrifice, a small brokenness of spirit, a recognition that I've done something wrong, a regret. I feel bad about it. At least that I can offer Him. In the end, I say to Hashem, I'm going to bring you so much when you come back to your palace and you have a base of Migdash. I'm going to bring you endless amounts of recognition of the things that I've perhaps done wrong or the, the thanks that I want to show you for all the good things that you've done to me. But I, I live in a wilderness. I live in the darkness, and in the wilderness, I can't bring you the king that much. I can't bring you so much. I can only bring you a little thing, a little ayla, a little carbon, a little basket of figs, a little bottle of wine. That's all I have here. But at least that I can offer. And when I offer that, so what is the result? The result is ultimately, I become on a new level. That brokenness, I can either, it can be forced on me through the challenges of life, or I can choose the brokenness myself by breaking myself, admitting I've done wrong, and choosing a higher path, choosing to become a greater person. At least that. 
then ultimately what happens is that when Mashiach comes, when Messiah arrives, rebuild the temple, reveal yourself in the world, and then I'm going to do great things. I'm going to be much more faithful to you, Hashem. Well, obviously, if Hashem reveals Himself, we see God. So it's much easier to be faithful to Him. It's much easier to do what's right. But the fact that in the darkness, in the wilderness, I brought something, that shows that when I bring something later, it's not just because, oh wow, everyone's doing it. It's not just because, oh wow, God's, God's revealed in the world. I did it even when it was not so easy. I even broke myself, I broke my spirit, even at the time when it wasn't so easy to break my spirit because I was in a spiritual wilderness. I didn't see Hashem so openly. It wasn't so clear that He was there with me. If I can break myself there, if I can be subservient there, in our current state. So then when I get to the real place, the place where Hashem reveals Himself, where the base Hamigdash is built, then when I bring all of those carbonus, all those sacrifices, they're so much more powerful, they're so much more real, they're so much more meaningful. If the Jewish people wouldn't have gone through that darkness, that, ch- that challenge, that difficulty, it wouldn't have meant too much that they would have a base Hamigdash. Why? Because, okay, yeah, we have it. They would have taken it, they would have taken it for granted. And really, they wouldn't have been on the level to receive it because they had dropped so far. They had fallen so far. They could eat from the Suda of Achashverosh that he's celebrating their downfall. They needed to have a situation which would break them in order to lift them up and to bring them to the level that they needed to be on in order to receive the incredible good that Hashem wanted to bring to them. So I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to recognize that our challenges are therefore our good. Shem should help us to not necessarily need those challenges to be forced upon us, but rather, Shem should help us to recognize where we need to repent, where we need to change, where we need to break ourselves and have a broken heart over the things that we've done wrong, the regret that we need to have. Shem should help us to be able to bring that little carbon oil, hiha oil, is that all? Yeah, that's all for now. But Shem should help us to be able to be zeichet, to merit, to be able to reach that time when the base of English is rebuilt. The temple is rebuilt and we bring all of those sacrifices, the many, many sacrifices, which are so much more meaningful because of the fact that we brought those sacrifices, the small sacrifices, even now, even in our time. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Shabbos. We'll see you again next time. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.